Welcome to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show was created with the intention of helping others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me feature amazing people from around the globe who are making a difference by helping others in their own way. You may also hear me follow up with a guest I've hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. The form of Reiki that many people practice today is called Usui Reiki, and it began with its founder, Dr. Mikeo Usui, or Usui Sensei. Born to a wealthy family, Dr. Usui was able to have a well-rounded education. Aside from swordsmanship and martial arts, Usui devoted most of his education to medicine, psychology, and theology. He studied healing systems of all types and held a variety of professions, including reporter, secretary, missionary, public servant, and guard. At some point, he became a Tendai Buddhist monk. And while in the monastery, Usui struggled with his practice of Zazen meditation. So his teacher recommended a more severe practice in which he must be willing to die in order to achieve his training. Although knowing he could die, Usui went to Mount Kurama, for 21 days and remained on the sacred mountain where he fasted, prayed, and meditated. On the morning of the 21st day, Usui, weak and near death, experienced an event that changed his life forever. A powerful light entered his body and as if he had been struck by lightning and elevated him to a higher state of consciousness and awareness. He experienced himself as being the energy of the universe. Asui renewed with energy from his new discovery, ran down the mountain with so much excitement that he stubbed his toe. But by placing his hands on his toe, Asui discovered he could heal his own pain. Upon arrival of a nearby village to eat and rest, he was miraculously able to eat after 21 days of fasting without any stomach pain. The girl who served his food just so happened to be suffering from a toothache. He was able to relieve her pain by placing his hands on her face. When he returned to the monastery, he found his friend suffering from severe arthritis and once again was able to alleviate his pain. It had been his mission to find a method of healing that was unattached to any specific religion and religious belief, and a system that would be accessible to everyone. And so, Usui called this gift of healing Reiki, the Japanese word for universal life force. And the four experiences Usui had upon his journey back to the monastery became known as the Four Miracles. In 1922, Dr. Usui founded his first Reiki clinic and school in Tokyo. He was reminded through his work to heal not just the body, but the spirit and the mind, too. He taught 19 major students. His fame spread throughout Japan, and he became honored with a doctorate by Emperor Tenno. He had more than 2,000 pupils by the time of his death in 1926. Among the Reiki masters he taught was Dr. Chujiro Hayashi, a former naval officer. Dr. Hayashi, who set up a Reiki clinic in Tokyo, is credited with further developing the Usui system of Reiki by adding hand positions to cover the whole body. He also refined the attunement process. Using his improved system, Dr. Hayashi trained several more Reiki masters. Among them was a woman named Hawaio Takata. Mrs. Takata was a Japanese-American woman who, while in Tokyo in 1935, became very ill, suffering from appendicitis and a tumor. In need of immediate surgery, Mrs. Takata heard a voice come forward that said surgery was not necessary. Even while being prepped for surgery, she heard the voice again tell her surgery was not necessary and to ask. So she asked her surgeon if there were any alternative treatments that he knew of, and he told her of the Reiki clinic run by Dr. Hayashi. Madame Takata had never heard of Reiki, and although skeptical, she saw Dr. Hayashi regularly and became completely healed in four months. Astounded by Reiki, she wanted to learn it herself and bring it to the States. This, however, was against all traditions, but she eventually persuaded Dr. Hayashi and studied under him for 12 months learning Reiki 1 and 2. In the summer of 1937, Madame Takata brought Reiki to the Western world and set up shop in Hawaii. In 1938, Dr. Hayashi visited her and made her a Reiki master. And at the beginning of 1940, Japan was close to war with America. Dr. Hayashi was aware that he would be called upon to fight, so as a man of healing and peace, he precipitated his transition. After he declared Madame Takata his successor and secured the future of Reiki, dressed in traditional Japanese attire, he simply laid down and his spirit left his body. Madame Takata made changes to her Reiki practice and continued to practice and teach Reiki for many years. When she died in December 1980, she had attuned 22 Reiki masters. 
It is thought that Dr. Usui may have actually rediscovered Reiki, a laying of hands to heal thought to be used by Buddha, Jesus, Inmu, and the Atlantis. Usui did not develop this practice to take away from other great master teachers, but rather to remind us of what has existed inside of each and every one of us for centuries. As Usui said, each and every being has an innate ability to heal as a gift from the gods. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Reiki master teacher, intuitive development coach, and sound healer Charlene Windis on my show. She will not only share her great knowledge of Reiki, crystals, and oracle cards, but later on the show, we will open up the phone line so she can pull oracle cards for you. So stick around after this quick break. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one, two, three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com On the path to good health and well-being? Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back to Left from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Left from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. Today I have the pleasure of having Reiki master teacher, intuitive development coach, and sound healer, Charlene Windis, on my show. Hey, thanks for being here today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, so being a Reiki master teacher, what does Reiki mean to you? Hmm, uh, Reiki now is a spiritual practice for me. So um, it's something that I incorporate in every moment of my day, daily life. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been practicing Reiki? Over a decade now. Okay. How did you come into doing it? Oh my gosh. Well, I had exhausted all options for panic attacks and I ended up getting a referral to Reiki and I had no idea what it was. I didn't look it up. I didn't um, learn anything about it. I just went with an open mind and was completely blown away at how I felt afterwards and how it helped healed me. And mm -hmm. I just walked away like, I don't care what just happened. I don't know. I'm just so relieved. So it was more of a medical, you know, issue. You didn't feel like you had to know. No, sense. no. I was so um, in need that I think I was just wide open to absolutely anything. Okay. Yeah. And so do you know how many sessions you had about until you started to feel better? Oh, I mean, immediately, immediately I had relief from the first session, but I would say three and then they just kind of disappeared. I mean, I still had underlying anxiety, but the panic attacks were gone. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what? how did she do that? You know, mm -hmm. and I asked her and she's like, oh, I teach this too. And I thought, oh my gosh, you can learn this. <laughs> I thought, you know, you were born in a special way or something. And um, I was like, well, sign me up. Cause if I can offer this to other people, the experiences that I had, then why wouldn't I? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So can you explain for my listeners, because you are a Reiki master teacher, what attunement is? Sure. It's a ceremony. It's um, a process of flushing the energy field, attuning you to higher vibrations and um, going in and basically turning on and cranking up your palm chakras, your heart chakra, your crown chakra. So it's it's really just a, a, a time to go in and attune you to a higher frequency so that you can run energy through you. Kind of like when you're dehydrated, you can't, you know, you don't work the same physically. Mm -hmm. Same thing with spiritual or energetic modalities you need to kind of like tune up and flush out and turn on and we all have chakras we all have energy centers inside of our body so that's what you're working with in a attunement ceremony okay so i have two questions then mm -hmm. so the attunement then is part of the process as far as becoming a teacher or is it also a part of the process in learning reiki in general it's both yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and then chakras mm -hmm. so chakras are a big part of reiki yes can you explain that for my listeners uh yeah sure so we're mainly working with um the palm chakras to turn them on so they're energy centers that um receive store and emit information and energy um frequencies and vibrations so you also have ma major chakras throughout the body that govern certain categories of your life so when you're doing reiki uh, you're working within those energy centers and you're able to um, sense things or uh, remove blockages or clarity or um, just get more insight into categories of the life based, based on the chakras. But also how open the heart chakra or the crown chakra is and if you can actually 
even run energy through those energy centers. So sometimes we're closed off due to trauma or belief systems, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and energy uh, Reiki can go in and help open that up a bit. Okay. Yeah. So when you're seeing stuck energy or feeling <laughs> stuck energy, mm-hmm. there's an issue there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and we all have issues, so. Right, right. Nobody's <laughs> It's perfect. just a matter of where and what, right? <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what happens typically for most people after an attunement? Um, you know, I try not to have any expectations with it, but it, it really depends on the health of the person when they come to class. So if they are uh, fairly balanced uh, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually, then they may have like an awakening or an opening or they'll feel expanded. If you're not healthy in one of those categories and you get an attunement, it could you could have some downtime, um, physical healing. There could be emotional things that open up and you need to process them and get some help, things like that. So um, it just really kind of depends on where you're at when you're coming into it. If you already have like a meditation practice or you set aside time every day to work with yourself spiritually or energetically, then you're going to have a much more easier transition into uh, being attuned for sure. But if you come in with, with none of that, it, it can feel different you Mm -hmm. know you may not feel it at all or um or you may have issues where you know you need to take some time off to reflect on what was opened up okay (laughs) and how many attunements are there um i do a set of four one per class okay so for the levels that i've broken it down into but there's several attunements within the attunement (laughs) (laughs) and some teachers break those up over a course of a few days and Mm -hmm. but i'll do them all in one day okay yeah okay so Mm -hmm. what happened to you after your first attunement Uh, boy, I just felt like all of my sensory systems were super cranked up, my inner senses. So it was like I had always felt things or just kind of noticed energy, but I didn't have a vocabulary or a reference point for even what that was. And after Reiki, I was like, oh, I can feel things or I know things or I hear things or I see things that maybe not everyone is is looking at or is Mm -hmm. noticing. So it was sort of like those really cranked up. Okay. Yeah. So do you think Reiki then kind of was that bridge to allow you to step back into the gifts that maybe you presented as a child? Um, absolutely. I mean, I never thought of them as gifts. I thought that I guess I thought of them as um, coming into awareness or remembering or um, sort of just kind of turning back on my spiritual energetic self mm-hmm. because we all have access to those inner clair senses and all of that wonderful stuff. <laughs> right. That we end up suppressing as a child. Yeah, but I would say it definitely gave me permission and it also gave me guidance on how to how to start accessing and using that um, in my daily life instead of just thinking, oh, that's a coincidence or that was a synchronicity mm. or maybe I did feel something, but I didn't see it. And so it really just opened me up, but I was also seeking that. So I think yeah. you also have to be in that mindset when you're going in mm-hmm. or you may not see what you what I saw. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, well, we're going to, I hate to interrupt you, but we're going to have to take a quick break. So everyone stick around. And remember, if you have a quick question for Charlene for a mini Oracle card reading, feel free to call 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. Experience. One word that can mean so much, especially when it comes to working with a realtor to buy or sell a home. The only thing better would be to have an experienced team guiding you through the process. Hi, I'm Beth Phillips-York. And I'm Ray York. Together, we own the York Team, part of Keller Williams Real Estate. We are here to help you with your next property transaction. I have over 14 years of experience selling local residential real estate, investment properties, and homes just like yours. I'm also known as the Ghost Broker. Over the years, I've managed several residual energies at the properties we've represented or sold to clients. So if you need that service, I can help you as well. For my part, I have worked many years in new construction, land development, and with builders. Combined, Beth and I make for a powerful team on your side. So put our wealth of experience to work for you. Selling a home? Get a free property evaluation and market analysis with the York Team Real Estate. Buying a home? Let the York Team Real Estate exclusively represent you and your interests. Log on to yorkteamrealestate.com. That's yorkteamrealestate.com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way for just $65. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an 
ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425 754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget this show airs right here on KKNW every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I have the pleasure of having Reiki master teacher, intuitive development coach, and sound healer Charlene Windis on my show. And remember, if you would like Charlene to pull oracle cards for you, then call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So, Charlene, I wanted to ask you, why do you think your gifts presented themselves at such a young age when you were a child? Hmm. You know, I, th- I think about that a lot because people say, well, how did you get to this point? Or how are you, how do you sense the things that you do? And I think it, when I look back at childhood, it really did set me up um, to increase those senses in more of a survival um, type of a way. So I kind of raised myself. We moved around a lot. Um, You know, my mom wasn't always available and she was sick or, you know, things were happening. And so I just I had to cook my own food, you know, when I was five. And I had to figure out, um, you know, how to get dressed and do all these things at a really early age. But you're sort of in survival mode. So Mm -hmm. it activates these these instincts that we all have, these inner senses to survive. And so I think it strengthened all of those like street smart senses and Claire senses and all of that much more than had I grown up in a, you know, stable environment or something like that. So then what made you suppress all of your Clary's as you were growing older? Um, I don't know that I ever did. I just never had a reference or anything that um, was relatable to how I was feeling. So Mm -hmm. I think I did always have like very sensitive um, feelings and sensations, not in a like emotional way, but in a, I just felt things a lot Mm -hmm. more than the average. And then it developed, I think, into anxiety. So that was sort of the stem of the anxiety was feeling so many feelings that weren't all my own Mm -hmm. or sensations and energies that weren't just mine. And when I got old enough to figure out that, oh, those are other people's or that's the energy of a room or um, somebody just had a fight in here and I walked into the room and now I feel this energy. So, you know, I was like, oh, I'm just feeling life (laughs) a little extra than maybe (laughs) normal you know Uh Um, but as they developed they of course um, and as I purposely developed them they got much much more intense but also controlled okay and then Reiki allowed you to clarify a lot of those oh huge that was basically the door opener yeah for sure so how did you move into teaching Reiki oh my gosh well um, after you know studying for so many years and doing clients for so many years and working with um with that modality, I just thought, you know what, I know, I feel like I've gone through enough experiences now that I can share it. I've always done that. That's always been my role, Mm -hmm. I guess, in life. It wasn't something I thought about. It was more innate. And so anytime I would figure something out that was a challenge or a struggle that I overcame, I would figure out how I could share that. And I've always been in a position of service providing in terms of my job. So it was very easy for me to translate and relate that over to um, what I was already doing. Okay. Yeah. So can anyone learn Reiki? Anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone. And how many levels are there in Reiki training? Uh, I separate them into four. So I take, I do one on alone and then two, level two alone and then level three alone. And then level four is if you want to be a teacher. And most people teach three and four together mm-hmm. for a Reiki master. That's what Reiki master means is that you can teach it okay. or attune others. But I separate it because I often find that a lot of people want to learn um, and feel the attunement process and, and heighten their frequency, but not necessarily learn all the teaching part, which is meditation and, you know, how to hold space for a whole class and right. the integrity of, of a group's field and things like that. So people don't often want to do take on that right. <laughs> responsibility. Right. No, yeah, definitely. And what types of students usually come? 
Oh my gosh, I <laughs> have been really surprised at the wide um, range. I kept a really open mind about what I was going to attract. Um, and I really did in my mind want to reach people who wouldn't normally ever come to Reiki or think about it. And I felt like I was doing that in my practice when I was doing facials and other mm. things with skincare. Um, and I thought, you know what, I want to make this relatable for everyone because it's all something we can possess inside. We can all turn up on, turn on our field and turn, crank things up and start using our intuitive senses. And Reiki is just one amazing way to do that. But I noticed that, that you can do that with many modalities. Right. It's just one sort of avenue you can take. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of different avenues, it mm -hmm. looks like we have a caller. Oh, okay. So maybe we can switch <laughs> gears here for a moment since you oh, have all your fun. oracle cards ready and waiting. <laughs> okay. So let's take Katie from Seattle. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Katie. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. What is your question for Charlene? Well, I think basically for me is what my next uh, stage of career should be or will be. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Katie from Seattle. <laughs> okay the first card we have is acceptance i'm gonna ah. do i'm gonna do two more and then okay. i'll elaborate just a little bit more sure okay our second uh card is neutrality t teamwork and the middle path hmm. and our last card is forgiveness heals. So, mm. forgiving yourself mm -hmm. and others, letting go of an old story, releasing guilt and blame. This includes mm -hmm. you um, and kickstarting your surrendering process and your health and happiness will thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it looks like there's a little bit of work to be done there in terms of the direction, but we have that, yeah. that teamwork card mm -hmm. and the acceptance card and um, releasing old stories so that you can create um, a new story and a new pathway. And by doing wow. those processes first, you're able mm -hmm. to have a much clearer vision about the direction of where you can go. So it's sort of like cleaning out your energy system so that you can manifest and set goals uh -huh. and actually figure out what it is that, you're, that your <laughs> next step is. So, um, uh -huh. yeah, I hope that resonates with you. Thank you. It does. Thanks for taking my call. Have a good day. Thanks, Katie. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So let's switch gears for a moment and talk about these Oracle cards. Okay, sure. <laughs> so how long have you been working with Oracle cards? Oh, boy. Uh, probably four or five years now. Okay. Yeah. And how are they different from tarot cards? Um, you know, tarot is like a set, uh, a set deck with suits and a set number of suits and within that, that deck. And they are specific every time they're the same. They might have different artwork. They might have different energy. They might have different descriptions, but they're essentially the same. Where uh, Oracle cards, you can have 55 to 75 per deck. Um, anyone and anything goes with Oracle cards. So animals, crystals, um, uh, elements, uh, basically anything. And, and they're more like uh, uh, guidance, more information in terms of guidance um, specifically about something. So when we pulled her card about acceptance and then we pulled another oracle kind of illuminating that about teamwork and neutrality and then forgiveness and healing, it gives you sort of a illuminated path versus with tarot, it's going to show you also your shadow side, more um, intense uh, intensity is in tarot. And so you can certainly use them in the same manner mm -hmm. and be able to get lots of wonderful um, information. But they're intuition building tools. So I think it's really a preference of how you like to, to operate too. Okay. Yeah. And so I noticed that you have three different decks. I do. Um, so is that also, is that also something that you advise is to use different decks at the um, same time? You or? know, no rules really. I yeah. think if you're first starting out, it's like go pick out a deck that uh, you like the artwork and you like the feeling of it. And when you look at it, it ignites something in you that makes you want to take it home uh -huh. <laughs> um, and start there because each deck was created with an energy you know, it's like quantum programmed by the person that made it with their energy. So you're not going to have chemistry with all the energies out there. Mm -hmm. And so they won't work for you in the same way. So you kind of have to develop a relationship with your tool. But it's really just there to help you build your own intuitive guidance, not necessarily like tell the future or, you know, okay. things like that. And is it like tarot where you also have to build a relationship with your cards? Um, you know, absolutely. You got to get your energy all over them. So I like to shuffle them a lot when I get them, look at every card, kind of see what the artwork ignites in me before I look at any of the definitions of the book because okay. they also have that. 
um, yeah, and get to know them. And um, you don't have to like study them or understand the meanings. You just really kind of look at them when you draw and what does it ignite in you? Mm-hmm. Are there themes? Is there a story? Is there a pattern coming up? You can use one deck and pull multiple. So you don't have to go for for different cards, but I my I've personally developed that I like to have different energies come forward in a in a single reading. Okay. So oh, that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Well, Eric, do we have time to take another caller? All right. So let's take Carla from Seattle. Carla, are you there? Yes. Hi. Oh, hi, Carla. Thanks for calling. Um, what is your question for Charlene? Um, I was wondering if you could tell me if there was maybe a message that I should be paying attention to for my children. Um, I've got a couple of them kind of doing some med management, and I feel like I'm in this, like, mode of transition with them, but I feel like kind of spiritually there's, some, there's like, an element I'm missing that maybe I need to be kind of more focused on. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, let's yeah. see. All right, the first card that we have come up is Healthy Boundaries. The second card is Dream and Charm. And the third card is Be Gentle with Yourself. So this whole reading is all about uh, taking your foot off the gas, not pushing yourself so hard, allowing um, some time and space for all of this to take place, taking a break. Um, renewal and being gentle with yourself as a mom for sure and knowing that you're doing such an amazing job this card right here the little meaning says that you are a treasure so you're very aware and you're doing everything um, that you feel is is healthy for them and with the boundary card coming up and the dream and the charm card it's just about setting limitations and making sure they understand what those um, boundaries in your home are and boundaries for for school and for friendships and relationships. So making sure that they're aware what yours are and how you operate and then making sure that they have time to dream and be fun and not get caught up too much in, you know, what's going on with them in terms of the medication and creating space for the family to talk about their dreams and express dreams and talk about what those mean and and um, yeah, so it's it's all about boundaries, creating space to dream, and then giving yourself a break and patting yourself on the back, knowing that you are <laughs> doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. That's perfect. That's per- they, it's funny because they've actually been talking to me a lot lately about their dreams. Oh. I mean, they are. Yeah, and I mean, they're just like crazy dreams. And I mean, they're you know how dreams always incorporate real things, but also an element of weirdness, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah couldn't possibly happen but um that's been really big to them lately is um i feel like we've had a lot of discussions around sleep and dreaming and those kinds of things Ooh, maybe maybe a I dream journal probably, yeah yeah like a family dream breath. journal <laughs> that would be fun yeah, and then you guys could all see how they connect that would be fun thank all you right. so much you're so welcome have a good day thanks for calling you carla too. All right. Well, we're going to have to go to another break. But remember, this is a live show. And if you're wanting a free Oracle card reading, although many, Charlene can do that for you. So 1-88-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527 after this quick break. On this weekly skinny, I would like to talk about the allergic crease. What is it? The allergic crease or nasal crease is a visible transverse line, which is often pigmented, that runs across the nose. It is generally common in people who suffer from allergic rhinitis, which is a fancy term for hay fever. The allergic crease was first diagnosed in 1960 by Myers as a traverse hyperpigmented or hypopigmented line, or a dark or light line located approximately across the connection between the lower and middle thirds of the bridge of the nose. It tends to be lighter or hypopigmented in people with lighter skin, and then darker or hyperpigmented in people with darker skin. Although it can be a birth defect, most cases of the allergic crease are found in people with allergic rhinitis. Some people not only have the allergic crease, but they will also have the allergic shiner, which is the darkening of the lower eyelids. The allergic crease is most prevalent in school-aged children because allergic rhinitis, considered the most chronic childhood condition, affects 40% of children. These children are constantly performing the allergic salute to deal with their runny noses. The allergic salute, which is said to cause the allergic crease, is the habitual gesture of upward rubbing of the nose with the fingers, palm, or back of hand. The allergic crease can fade away when nasal symptoms go away, unless there is significant atrophic scars. Treatment for an allergic crease that isn't going away can include laser, 
bleaching creams, and topical vitamin A to address the pigment and help to regenerate new skin. If it is a deep crease, it can be caused by a contraction of the procerus muscle and would then require either Botox or a filler. In the meantime, if you are suffering from AR or allergic rhinitis, it may be helpful to alleviate your allergies with herbal remedies or antihistamines or refrain from the allergic salute to avoid the allergic crease. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com with your comments, your criticisms, your questions, and well wishes. Let me know how I'm doing. Today, I have the pleasure of having Reiki master teacher, intuitive development coach, and sound healer Charlene Windis on my show. And remember, if you would like Charlene to pull oracle cards for you, then call 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So Charlene, can anyone use oracle cards? Yeah, anyone can. They're intuition-building tools is what I like to think of them. Okay. Is there a practice that you recommend as far as using the Oracle cards at home? Yeah, I think if you're brand new to it that you get your deck and uh, maybe use it for one card pull daily guidance and just say, what do I need to hear today or what needs to be illuminated in my life today or um, what am I ignoring that I need Mm -hmm. to know or things like that. So just kind of working with yourself and using it as a door opener to communicating with your psyche, your subconscious, or maybe things that you don't realize are going on um, in your energy field that will help you. Um, Yeah. Do you add these to your Reiki practice? I incorporate them a lot. I really enjoy them. I mostly use them now for confirmation for a client or someone to see, like we'll talk for a long time and then I'll pull these at the end. And everything I pull is what we talked about. And you, for them to see that is very confirm, confirming, yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So are you doing, I want to touch back on Reiki again. Mm-hmm. So are you doing the healing in Reiki or are you just a facilitator? No, you are just a facilitator. Uh, no, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> and who are you working with in Reiki? Uh, I am working with universal energy. So before I knew anything about guides or other spiritual aspects of this, I was literally just calling in Reiki, just that universal energy to come through me. But really the focus was like hollowing yourself out and being able to um, transmit that without it uh, interfering in your own emotional state or physical state or anything going on with you. So I would always check myself before I started a session. And what do I have a headache? What Where am I at? Am I tired? You know, things like that. And then when I would flow Reiki, I would sort of table all of that and know that those were my feelings and my energy state and that that is not what I am flowing into the person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and then if I started feeling different or funny, I would know that that was their energy. So that was way, way back. But, yeah, now I do. I work with with guides and elements and other. So you're channeling them. Essentially, yeah. I'm not letting them like take over my body or anything, but right. all the information I get is based on the relationship that I've developed with these teachers or allies. And so um, it will come through me as though I am affirming it or mm-hmm. that I'm thinking it or saying it, but I know it's not my own because I don't remember much after a session. I don't mm-hmm. catalog any of that. So I can't go back and be like, what did I say? Right. You know. So I know the difference of that versus my own opinions or perceptions okay. and things like that. But in the beginning, like, you know, I don't like to scare people <laughs> off with that. I'm like, right. you're just flowing universal love. You know, that's it. Uh, and depending on where you take that spiritual practice is up to you. And do you talk directly with the client's guides or strictly with your own? I only talk to mine ever and, and they talk to theirs and that's okay. how it works. Yeah. And what kinds of things do you see people for Reiki? Um, you know, often a lot of people see me as a last resort or they're suffering and for a long time and can't figure out, you know, they're willing to try anything at that point. Um, so, but I would love it if Reiki was like a, a supplement, a preventative, you know, yeah. sort of energetic hygiene supplement versus a, 
oh my gosh, you know, I'm willing to do anything at this point. So um, yeah, it's often it's often seeking help in some way um, and hoping for a miracle or some sort of a shift from that person. But generally what happens is just um, awareness and sort of a, a light bulb turns on and, and it's sort of illuminating what you already knew, but maybe you weren't able to pull that forward, mm-hmm. things like that. But So now can you also see clients that are dealing with more terminally ill? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's Reiki is a supplement to support any, anything that you're going through or any other medical, um, you know, thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, if, if someone's immune system and their energetic body is compromised, you do have to calibrate the Reiki because they won't be able to accept it. Um, Mm -hmm. it'll have to slow it down a bit and there's little techniques that I do for that, but, um, it can be very supportive. Okay. Yeah. And can you work on anyone? Uh, as long as you have permission. <laughs> so, yeah, I get higher self permission or verbal permission. If you don't, people ask me, well, what happens if you do it anyway? Well, it just falls on the floor, you know. Can you explain that for my listeners, higher self permission? <laughs> Certainly, yeah. So you have a higher self, which is your soul and essence, and part of that comes down into your body. But it's sort of hovering with you and above you and is always there. And it, it has no... Um, negative feelings. It has no perceptions, beliefs. It's completely plugged into source, God, energy, whatever you want to call it. And so uh, when you need guidance, it's there to help you. It's not going to give you the answers because that destroys the journey of why you're here, but it will illuminate, um, guide, coach, and help you. Right. And so when you're asking the permission, though, from the higher self, Mm -hmm. the person doesn't have to actually physically be where you're at. They don't have to. I mean, if I'm with them, obviously, they signed up to come in. But yeah, if I'm working on someone, say, that's in a coma or they're really sick or maybe it's a child and they don't have the awareness level of that, you know, I just check in with their higher self. And it's a yes, no response that I've developed and strengthened within myself. And I know what my yes and my no is. But yeah. okay. So let's talk about remote Reiki. Sure. That's something that you also practice, correct? Yeah. So how does that work if you're supposed to be laying your hands on people? So, yeah. So uh, distance healing is sending light over any distance from one source um, to another through the quantum field. So every person has like a light signature that can be initiated by saying his or her name. So that's really all it requires. So you're just holding an intention with thought and essentially bringing um, part of their higher self or essence to you and working on them as if they're right there. Um, Mm -hmm. But that took me a long time to grasp the concept of when I was first learning Reiki. I really didn't practice it until several years later. Mm -hmm. But I have um, students who prefer that immediately off of uh, in-person contact. So, yeah, yeah. And does Reiki come pretty easily to all of your students? Um, right away. It comes to everyone, but it depends on what uh, beliefs and uh, perceptions that you have and blocks that you might have, where you're coming from already. Do you already have a practice that you've been engaging in energetically or spiritually? If you, you know, go through your whole life sort of going through all the systems that we've created, then you're going to have all these walls up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being that I didn't go through high school or, you know, go on to college and all of those things. I didn't have all these barriers that I had to deprogram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it was much easier for me to step into this because I just had no, I was just open. And you really have to come into your childlike self to be able to uh, fully feel Reiki. It doesn't mean it's not working, but remember how you were when you were a kid and everything amused and amazed you and you had no beliefs and no perceptions. There was no judgment. And that's a space that you have to be in to fully feel it on a on an aware level. Mm. And it doesn't mean it's not working, though. You know, I've had lawyers and doctors and engineers and all kinds of people come to class and they're (laughs) like, it's not working. And I'm like, no, it's working. It's just about how do we get you into letting go of all of these beliefs and perceptions that you've built up about what you should feel or expectations or things like that and that can take time and they're stuck in their head and yeah if if you can't you know kind of step down and out of your intellect and your ego then you're not going to be able to step into this you know unconditional non-judgmental space okay yeah and I know you're teaching Reiki in a sense of the Usui Reiki and Mm -hmm. there's certain practices and things and and guidelines yeah but do you think Reiki presents itself differently for each person as far as how it comes out of each person that you teach? Absolutely. I mean, it all goes in the same, sort of like we're all drinking water, right? But it how it develops or um, 
becomes into its own sort of modality, I guess, is is contingent upon the person. If they're just using it for personal practice, then it may shift into into different ways for them. But if you're using it on others or you're teaching, uh, it definitely expands to a greater degree, and there's more, uh, I guess, information coming in because you're now you're dealing with other people's energy fields and not your own. Right. And so, do you have a, actually a lot of students that come for self healing? I do. Yeah. Primary their purpose to take Reiki. Yeah, I, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there anyone that you wouldn't advise to study Reiki? Um, I would say if you're if you're really ill or you have a medical condition or an emotional. Um, you know, condition where you feel really unstable physically or emotionally, it would be better uh, before having an attunement, which opens you up and can um, sort of make things worse, essentially, because it's going to bring forward more of what you're already experiencing to be healed, Um, that maybe there's therapy and meditation or whatever your practices are that are spiritual that you do a little bit before and get yourself more stable before you come in for an attunement. Okay. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break. So everyone stick around for more love from the hip. Experience. One word that can mean so much, especially when it comes to working with a realtor to buy or sell a home. The only thing better would be to have an experienced team guiding you through the process. Hi, I'm Beth Phillips-York. And I'm Ray York. Together, we own the York Team, part of Keller Williams Real Estate. We are here to help you with your next property transaction. I have over 14 years of experience selling local residential real estate, investment properties, and homes just like yours. I'm also known as the ghost broker. Over the years, I've managed several residual and energies at the properties we've represented or sold to clients. So if you need that service, I can help you as well. For my part, I have worked many years in new construction, land development, and with builders. Combined, Beth and I make for a powerful team on your side. So put our wealth of experience to work for you. Selling a home? Get a free property evaluation and market analysis with the York Team Real Estate. Buying a home? Let the York Team Real Estate exclusively represent you and your interests. Log on to yorkteamrealestate.com. That's yorkteamrealestate.com. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more, sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U. URA skinandmind.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast on Podcast One, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today, I have the pleasure of having Reiki master teacher, intuitive development coach, and sound healer Charlene Windis on my show. So Charlene, I understand you also work a lot with crystals. I do. I love crystals. So why is that important in incorporating with Reiki? Uh, it's really only taught to be incorporated in Reiki in uh, Reiki master training or level three, the way that I teach it. It's a Reiki crystal grid that we talk about sending Reiki via a crystal grid to anyone, anything, anywhere. So it's just a, a helpful additional tool to incorporate that into Reiki. But I have a personal love for crystals, so I will use them in my sessions or in treatments to enhance the service. They are gifts from the earth. They have a vibration. They're beautiful, but they can be programmed with um, with energy to kind of boost um, a session. I also use them as anchoring tools on my body for grounding and things like that. So they all have a metaphysical property associated with them that combined with Reiki 
um, is beautiful and wonderful. Okay. Yeah. Are there a couple that you would recommend? Um, you know, I would say go into a store that has them and see what you uh, gravitate towards and use your intuition. I mean, certainly you can look uh, in a book and it'll tell you all the things that you might need. But I find if you go in and practice intuitive shopping, you know, <laughs> go in and like, oh, this one's pretty. I like this. And then you look it up. You'll be kind of dumbfounded at how that is immediately uh, relatable to your life. OK. Yeah. And do you also assign them a job? I do. Yeah. yeah. With Reiki, I do. Like I have a, a crystals in my house that, you know, cleanse that room or calm that room or they're really just um, reminders and igniters for my energy field. It's not really the crystal as a standalone okay. object. It's like, oh, I walk into a room and I know that that crystal has been programmed to cleanse everything that's not my highest good for today or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or it's cl- it's peace or it's it's sleep or love or whatever. So it just I look at it. It's beautiful. I like it. And then it ignites in my energy field. Oh, yeah, I put that in here for peace or for community and then I switch my energy field into that gear by looking at it so it's really just a tool just like the cards I mean all of it's you Um, Mm -hmm. it's not the tools but I love them that's great (laughs) yeah so aside from teaching Reiki and Oracle cards Mm -hmm. you also offer mentorship classes right I do yeah monthly the first Thursday of every month at Classic Spa in Queen Anne Seattle okay and what do those entail So uh, I'm still developing them as I go along, but um, some of them are open to the public uh, and others are closed for Reiki masters and practitioners to further that craft. Uh, but it's intuitive development, essentially, teaching you how to activate your, your inner senses, how to work with that, um, how to extend Reiki beyond what we teach in class, um, maybe how to develop a relationship with an angel or a guide or, um, you know, whatever your belief system is, like you can apply that and enhance, enhance that practice. So, yeah, it's just um, time to get together as a group and form a circle and, and talk about uh, the questions that people have or that are coming mm-hmm. up because a lot of it may not come natural right off the bat and, and there is a lot of questions. So it's nice to have that. Um, and you can pick and choose. You don't have to come, you know, all the time. Go to right. the ones that resonate with you and, and don't go to the other ones. So what, what guided you to doing that? I don't, you, I, you've asked that a few times. I don't ever have any, I don't remember being guided to do anything. No. I, do, I just wake <laughs> up and go, oh, I'm going to do this now, you know? So, um, yeah, it just felt natural. I think one of the things I missed um, in my decade of training was that I didn't have more. Mm-hmm. I didn't have something else to go in and, and ask questions in and I wanted more. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to make this open to everyone. Not Maybe you don't want to do Reiki and that's right. fine. Maybe you just want to like figure out how to use your intuition better. And so I thought, well, that would be cool to just have that, you know, available. Um, yeah. And why not do that when that's sort of my focus anyways, okay. is turning that on in other people. It's not me doing things for them. Right. It's sort of like, how do I help you help you? That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. So do you have a certain class that's coming up? Um, I do. I have a class on the Claire senses, uh, getting to know those intuitive senses that we all have, um, clairaudience, clairvoyance, uh, claircognizance, inner feeling, inner seeing, inner hearing. Um, uh, there's also subclairs. So I have a class on that, just kind of talking about that and figuring out which one is yours and maybe doing some intuitive exercises to kind of strengthen and develop those. And then I have a, a class coming up for Reiki 3 and also Reiki 1. All of that's on my my website. Okay. I was going to ask when that class was. Yeah. Uh, the Claire Senses one, I think, is coming up next month, uh, the first Thursday of the month. Yeah. Oh, I have an Oracle card class coming up, too. <laughs> that that one's May 2nd. Okay. Um, Claire Senses is June 6th. The Reiki 3 is June 8th. And then Reiki 1 is September 7th. And these are all in Queen Anne? These are all uh, the Reiki I teach in Belltown, and the other classes are in Queen Anne at Classic Spa. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So can I go to, let's switch gears again and yeah. go back to Reiki? Absolutely. So having done Reiki as long as you have mm-hmm. and through teaching and everything else, do you think we are limited just with the Asui symbols? Um, I mean, I don't really use them that often. It was never about the symbols for me. And I definitely teach that I don't want the students relying on like mm-hmm. just the symbol. But I do find that the symbols enhance the practice. It's just like prayer. Like if you focus or intention or thought on an, one thing, it makes it stronger. And those mm-hmm. are kind of what the symbols are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do you also believe that Usui rediscovered Reiki? Um, absolutely. I mean, it's been around since the dawn of time, since we were all in, in human form. Right. So it's just how does that, how does spirit speak to you? And how does that come through creatively for you? And he decided he was going to call it Reiki. Right. And it's called many other things in many other places. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and do you think it will continue to grow as we do? 
I know I felt that over the last decade. Like, I don't even know what to call what I'm doing yeah. anymore. But uh, yeah, I believe as we all uh, go through expansion, definitely uh, it has shifted and changed from how it traditionally was. Okay. Yeah. And do you think that you're completely healed? Having done Reiki so long? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Although I've experienced a lot of healing. Uh, right. No, absolutely not. I'm normal like everybody else. Right. <laughs> I have lots of things I need to heal still. And you had also recommended that people who are also doing Reiki also receive Reiki. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. If you're going to yeah. uh, practice Reiki, you need to be receiving it. And so it's good to trade with another person doing it if mm-hmm. you don't want to go in and see someone. But it's also nice to see different practitioners and see what they bring to the table in terms of how they do the service and what that ignites in you because you you know if your friends certain friends bring out qualities in you different from each person it's the same when you go in for a reiki session it they're going to sort of turn on a light in you that matches them and then you're going to have an epiphany or an awakening or hopefully a healing experience okay yeah well i like to ask my guests where you hope to grow from here Oh boy. <laughs> uh, well, I'd like to integrate the last year. I took nine classes this last year. So I think I'm going to wow. work on the next year of just like slowing down and integrating. But I write a lot and I've been getting lots of um, sort of visions and pull and call to do online courses and retreats and books and, you know, just sort of bringing all of this material more accessible to people who maybe aren't just in Seattle, which is Mm -hmm. why I like doing podcasts and radio shows. I really feel like um, it it could have a much broader reach of being more um, adaptable and relatable to a a much broader, more large crowd than, you know, I don't know, one modality would be. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like a lot of people don't even know what Reiki is. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely becoming more mainstream, popularized. It's coming into hospitals. There's some research being done on it in terms of science. But, um, yeah, people now when you say Reiki, they're not like, you know, oh, my gosh, now they feel comfortable with that. So if I change the name of what I'm doing to... I don't something know, else. something else. They're going to be like, okay, well, I don't even know what that is. So it's like your ego and your intellect has to get comfortable for you to let your, your guard down and receive. Right. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I don't even know what to call it. Okay. All right. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know she's great. And I have to say, as although I'm asking her all these questions about Reiki, it's really for you guys, the listeners, because I've actually taken classes with Charlene and she's amazing. Aww. So if you are looking into taking classes, I do recommend her. Thank you. So and, and speaking of, how can my listeners find out more information? or book a session with you? Sure. They can go to my website, um, charlenewindus.com, S-H-A-R-L-E-A-N-W-I-N-D-U-S.com, and everything is there. And social media has all that on there, too. So Instagram, Facebook. And you are also um, offering Reiki sessions in Queen Anne? I am, yeah. I do sessions there as well. Yeah. And where, again? Uh, Classique Spa. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thanks again for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was wonderful. And thanks again to Eric, my super-duper producer. And thank you to the listener. You can find me at lovefromthehip.com or sakuraskinandmind.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as my podcast on Podcast One, Love From The Hip, and that's HYP. And if you really love the show and are interested in supporting it through advertising or you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Love from the Hip and make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya.